0: Chapter One of The Silver Princess in Oz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Chenevere, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The Silver Princess in Oz by Ruth Plumy Thompson. Chapter One The King Rebels. In a far away northwestern corner of the Gillikin Country of Oz lies the rugged little kingdom of Regalia. And in an airy and elegant castle, set high on the tallest mountain, lives Randy, its brave young king. When the Regalians are not busy celebrating one of their seventy seven national holidays, they are busy tending their flocks of goats or looking after the vines that cover every mountain and hill producing the largest and most luscious grapes in Oz. These proud and independent mountain folk have much to recommend them, and if they consider themselves superior to any and all of the other natives of Oz, we must not blame them too much. Perhaps the sharp, clear air and high altitude in which they live is responsible for their top lofty attitude. Randy, it must be confessed, found the stiff and unbending manner of his subjects and their correct and formal behavior on all occasions stuffy in the extreme, and of all the stuffy occasions he had to endure, the weekly court reception was the stuffiest. Just as I started this story, he was winding up another of these royal and boring affairs. Hail! Hail, give Majesty its proper due. Hail, Randy well, King Handywell of Brandingburg and Bopedado, Boom 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 at each crash of the drums, the young King winced and shuddered, then, pulling himself together, he nodded resignedly to his richly attired courtiers and subjects who were retiring backwards from the royal presence. As the last bowing figure swished through the double doors, Randy gave a huge sigh and groan. This was his three hundred and tenth reception since ascending the throne. A head stretched hundreds more. Beside the daily courts where he acted as presiding judge to settle all disputes of the realm, countless reviewings of troops, inspections of model goat farms, and attendance at numerous celebrations for national heroes of regalia. "'Oh, being a king is awful!' choked the youthful monarch, loosening his regal cape and letting it fall unheeded to the floor. "'Awful! Will it always be like this, uncle?' "'Like what?' His uncle, the Grand Duke Huchafu, who was still inclining his head mechanically in the direction of the door, himself abruptly in the middle of a bow. Oh, all this silly standing round and being bowed at, this hail, hail, and way for his majesty stuff! Galloping gollopers, uncle! I'd like to step out by myself occasionally, without twenty footmen springing to open doors, and fifty pages tooting on their blasted trumpets. Why, I cannot even cross the courtyard that a dozen guardsmen do not fall in behind me." Flouncing over to the window, Randy stared out over the royal terrace. "'Even the goats on the mountain have more fun than I do,' he observed bitterly. "'They can run, jump, climb, and even butt one another, while I—' Randy let his arms fall heavily at his sides. "'I have not even anyone to fight with. "'If just once somebody would punch me in the nose instead of bowing!' "'Randy clenched and unclenched his fists. Oh, hum, uh, so uh, that's what you want?' "'Looking quizzically at his young nephew, "'Uncle Hoochafoo crossed to the bell-rope and gave it a savage tug. "'As Randy's personal servant and valet appeared to answer the ring,' He spoke sharply. "'Dawkins, kindly hit his Majesty in the nose.' "'The nose? Oh, oh, but, Your Lordship, I couldn't do a thing like that. "'Tisn't right, nor fitting, nor—' "'I said hit him in the nose,' commanded Uncle Hoochafoo, advancing grimly upon the terrified valet. "'Yes, yes, like this.' Bringing up his fist, Randy made such a splendid connection with the valet's nose, Dawking toppled over backwards. Dancing from one foot to the other as the outraged servant sprang to his feet, Randy prepared to defend himself, but with his hand clapped to his nose, Dawking was retiring rapidly. "Uh, "'Thank you,' he muttered in a strangled voice. "Uh, "'Thank you very much.' "'Did you hear that?' he said. "'Thank you!' screamed Randy, as Dawkins disappeared with an agitated bow. "'Oh, this is too much. I wish I were back with Nandy, Wog and Tripodelia, or anywhere but here, doing anything but this.' "'No, no, don't take things so hard,' begged his uncle, patting him kindly on the shoulder. "'Hard?' "'Randy glared at the old nobleman. "'I can take things hard, Uncle, but I cannot take them soft. "'I'll never forgive my father for getting me into this. Never!' "'Randy's father, former king of Regalia, tiring of a royal life and routine, "'had retired to a distant cave to live the life of a hermit. "'And Randy—' After traveling all over Oz to fulfill the seven difficult tests required of a Regilian ruler, has succeeded to the throne. You should not speak like that of your royal parent," chided Uncle Hootchafu, tapping his spectacles absently against his teeth. "For you are very much like him, my boy, very much like him. Hum, hum, hum. Uncle Hootchafu cleared his throat thoughtfully. "'What you need is a change, a new interest. "'Ah, I have it. "'You must marry, my lad. "'You must marry. "'Some pretty little princess, or rich young queen, "'and then everything will be punch "'Is being married anything like being a king?' inquired Randy suspiciously. "'Oh, no, no, indeed, quite the reverse.' The eyes of the old duke, who had once been married, grew glazed and pensive. "'Once you are married you will feel less like a king every day,' he promised solemnly. "'And the arguments alone will keep you occupied for hours.' Uncle Hoochifoo raised both shoulders and eyebrows. "'Wait, I'll just go consult the wise men about a proper princess for you.' "'No, no, I do not wish to be married,' announced Randy, stamping his foot. "'I'll not marry for years,' he declared stubbornly. Then, as loud outcries and tremendous thumps interrupted them, he hurried over to an open window, just in time to meet a large rock that came crashing through the amethyst pane. "'Look out!' blustered Uncle Hoochafoo, jerking Randy to his feet." for the rock had completely bowled him over. "'Well, I see you have your wish. How's that for a knock in the nose, my lad? Not only the nose, but also the beginning of a beautiful black eye.' "'Have I really?' Racing over to a mirror, Randy proudly examined his injured orb. "'Oh, uncle, isn't this fun? Who did it? What's up, do you suppose, a revolution?' Hurrying back to the window, Randy recklessly thrust out his head to stare down into the courtyard. Kayub, the gatekeeper, had his shoulder braced against the gold-studded doors in the castle wall, but even so the doors were bulging and creaking from the tremendous blows struck from the other side. "'Open in the name of the law!' boomed a tremendous voice. "'Thump, thump, kabang! Open in the name of a prince of the realm!' Open this door, you unmannerly scupper-nog!' No, no, stay where you are! Panted Caleb, waving desperately with one arm for the guards to come help him. Stay where you are, or I'll go to the rear entrance. Who do you think you are, hammering on the doors of His Majesty's castle? I don't think I know! Raged the voice from the other side of the wall. I am a prince of Pumperdink, you unspeakable clod. Open this door before I break it down. And after even more furious thumps, another shower of rocks came flying over the wall. Great Gillikins! I think, I believe, why, it is! Kayub! Kayub! Open the door! It is a prince! shouted Randy, using both hands as a megaphone. "'Tis nothing of the sort,' grunted the gatekeeper obstinately. "'I looked through me little grill but a moment ago, and it's no prince at all but a parade—a parade of one elephant, if you please, and when I orders him to the rear entrance, he ups with his trunk and flings rocks over our wall.' "'But this elephant is a prince,' insisted Randy, banging on the window ledge. "'Besides, he's a great friend of mine.' "'Open the door, fool!' directed Uncle Hoochifoo, leaning so far out of the window his crown fell to the paving-stones. "'The king has spoken. Admit this elephant at once, at once!' "'And about time!' fumed an indignant voice as Kayub reluctantly drew the bolts." and, swinging wide the doors, stepped back to let a magnificently caparisoned elephant swing through. "'A fine welcome this is, I must say, for the elegant elephant of Oz. Out of my way, wart!' Picking Cheb up in his trunk, the visitor jammed him down hard into a golden trash-barrel, trumpeted fiercely at the double line of guards who had instantly sprung to attention, and went swaying across the courtyard. Now nowhere but in Oz could an elephant talk, much less come hammering on the doors of a royal castle. But in Oz, as we very well know, animals talk and act as sensibly as people, which makes Oz about ten times as exciting as any other country on the map. But while I've been explaining all this, Randy had run down the steps and was halfway across the courtyard. Kabumpo, kabumpo! Is it really you? Oh, at last! At last! You are here! Impatiently waving aside the guards, Randy led his mammoth and still muttering guest into the palace. Kabumpo! Is it? Sniffed Kaub, jerking himself with great difficulty out of the trash barrel. "'Such goings-on. Well, all I say—' The gatekeeper peered carefully over his shoulder to see that the elephant was safely inside the castle. Then, raising his arm for the benefit of the staring guards, he cried fiercely, "'All I can say is, just let him show his snoot around here again, and I'll ca-bump ka- him down the mountain.'" End of chapter 1